Welcome to the Take 15 podcast. I'm Lauren Foster, and this is the show where we bring you short conversations with some of the world's most interesting and accomplished people. This week's episode tackles a fascinating subject, the mindset of factfulness, which is another way of saying only having strong opinions on things that are based on fact. And here to help us better understand factfulness is political scientist and economist Olaf Granstrom. He sat down recently with my colleague Anastasia Diakaki to talk about his work helping people understand the world through data. Please enjoy this timely conversation. Hi, Olaf. Hello. Welcome, and thank you for taking time to talk to me today. I, it's my pleasure. I'm honored to be here. So uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Oh, that's a hard question. I, I don't talk that much about myself generally. Uh, because I'm not that interesting. I think some other things in the world are interesting. And uh, a short story, I'm, I'm from Sweden, uh, and my name is Olof, very hard to pronounce. Uh, it's like the snowman in Frozen. It has helped me a lot. But what I generally, int what, what interests me is how the world works and how the world, and, and what's happening in, in the world. But more important, I'm more interested in how we perceive what's happening in the world, because there are so much data on the world today. We, we have never had this much, this much statistics and information and data what's happening in the world, but we're still having so many misconceptions about the world. So how we perceive the world and what misconceptions we have about the world, that's what's interesting, interests me. Yes. And that's and what I'm going to talk about. Oh. Great. So uh, before we get to what your message is to our members, what has led you in, in, your, in your path, you know, in your career to here, being you being here today and talking to us about uh, this? I, have, I had the big honor and, and, and the privilege of working with the famous Swedish professor, Professor Hans Rosling, uh, who wrote a pretty famous book, Factfulness, uh, before he passed away, tragically, a couple of years ago. And uh, he was the one that led me on this trip of, of exploring what people understand and perceive about the world. Because Hans also found out very early in his career that people have these huge misconce misconceptions about the world. People that are very educated are not understanding the basics of what's happening in the world. And, and why is that? That is kind of what led me into this. And, and it was actually me and a friend contacted Hans and said that we want to work with you. And he said, OK. Uh, and that's how it come to be. So why is it that educated people uh, have all these misconceptions? What are the common misconceptions? That people One common misconception about the world is that everything is getting worse. And there are a lot of things in the world that is getting worse. We have climate change, plastic pollution, a uh, lot of things are getting worse, but there are also a lot of things getting better. And, and the misconception here is that it's not getting better or worse. A lot of things are getting better, a lot of things are getting worse. And sometimes a thing can get a lot better, but still be really, really bad. Mm -hmm. So the world is much more complex than we want it to be. We want to see a world that is either good or bad. Not a world that is abstract and complex and, and you, you can't get a straight answer. I'm, I'm not going to ever get, give a straight answer to a question is, is the world getting better? Yes and no. It's, it's, it's complex, it's abstract. Another sh big misunderstanding is that the world is divided in two, rich and poor people, that it are a certain amount of rich people in the world and a certain amount of poor people in the world. No, there are a lot of people in the middle, living on a global middle income, but we tend to see the extremes. And that is, 
I think more, I think more people at, uh, in the West and, and, and educated and rich people are, we're, we don't look on the people that earn less than us. We look at people earning more than us. And then we hear, hear stories about the poor people of the world. We don't see the global middle class that actually exists today, that is the majority of the world population. And, and so these are two huge misconceptions. And then there are a lot of misconceptions about population growth and population decline and what's causing it and how we can stop it and can we stop it. And, and that's a very hard but also very important uh, thing to understand. So do you think that we just have a natural preference towards the extremes and that's yes. why? Well, that's one of the reasons. It's not easy. There's okay. not one reason. <laughs> of course not. How could uh, it be? One easy? of the reasons is that we, we tend to look for the dramatic. We tend to go for drama. Yeah. It's like it's genetically, we're genetically predisposed to look for the dramatic. It's like we look for fat and sugar and we look for the dramatic. This is a, a heritage. We, a couple of thousand years ago, it was important for us to look for fat and sugar because it has a lot of energy. Today, it's not as important anymore because we have too much food, generally. And it's the same with drama. We, 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 it was important for us to look for the dramatic things because they could be dangerous. But today, they are maybe threatening, but they are not dangerous. And we shouldn't only focus on the dramatic things and create a worldview based on the dramatic things around us because then it will be very, very skewed, either in a too positive way or too negative way. We should look for the trends, and the trends are seldom as dramatic as the singular points of news that makes up our worldview. So is it that we have to go against our human nature in that way? Not against our human nature. We don't have like one set human nature. Uh, I think it's being more aware of how our brain works and that we have this and, and we, that we like to generalize, that we like to make false conclusions, that we like to see the dramatic, and that our brain actually makes shortcuts. It's actually about taking time to slow down and start to, do I really know this or do I think I know this? So it's part going against our nature of thinking very, very fast and, and, and taking the time to think slow, but we also have the capacity for more slow, rational reasoning uh, we, we, we are not driven only by instinct. Look at the society we created. We didn't create this society only on, with instinct. We created this society through planning, through slow thinking, and reason, and rational thinking. So we have the capacity, it's part of our nature, but we have to use it more when we try to understand the world around us. Speaking of our society, do you think that we live in a post-fact world? <sighs> That's very hard. That's a hard and, and, and complex question. Uh, there are more facts today than ever. Uh, more people have access to facts than we have ever had before. And that comes with a problem and a possibility. More people can use facts, but we can also misuse facts. And a single fact doesn't make up knowledge. A single fact is not like a torch that illuminates the room and, and creates com uh, total understanding. A single fact is just one piece of the puzzle you need to have knowledge about something. So a single fact can act actually be correct, but still misleading. So no, I don't think we, re we live in a post-fact world. I think we, we haven't really made up our minds and our society how we will handle this access to information and how we will handle that 
uh, we are not used to this amount of information. I, I'm, I'm positive, so I don't think that we live in a post-fact world. I think that we are in, on, on the verge of actually becoming more fact-driven. I hope so. And how can we deal with the conflicting facts? You know, when, when there is this plethora of facts and, and some of it seems to be, you know, completely conflicting, how can we make decisions or how can we even find out what is truth in that? That, that, that differs between different fields, of course, different fields of science. But I would say that trying to go back, if you have two conflicting facts, try to take a step back and see, is there a common fact based behind it? Is there a theory that both the, the, these facts are based on? So you could draw, take a step back and don't, don't get caught in a conflict. Because it's, when you start with the conflict between two facts, it's easier, it becomes like this. Then you actually try to see what's the middle ground. Sometimes the difference between the facts are not that big. Mm. But it's, it differs between different fields of science. Okay, so bringing it back to um, investment decision making, how can, how can people like our members incorporate facts in, in that process? When it comes to investments, I actually think there are a lot of good facts. Like, uh, different, when it comes to economics, there are a lot of good facts in the world. We should just use them more. That, I think, is the big problem, that we, we, we make decisions on things that we think is right. We don't take the time to actually look it up. We, 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 we have these ideas on, on certain countries. Is this a developed country? Is it a non-developed country? Maybe it, maybe it was a, a developing country 20 years ago. It's not, maybe it's not today. So I, when it comes to making decisions about investments, I think there are facts. I think there are good facts. I just think we should use them more and don't, try, don't trust our instincts in the way that we do. Our instincts and perhaps also our biases. Do you think yes. that our biases lead us to seek, for speci seek specific facts? Yes, yes, uh, and, uh, yes. And we have a lot of biases that we should be aware of. I think that is one of the tricks that you could use to not be led by your instincts is to be aware of your biases, that we have confirmation bias, yeah. that we seek facts that actually enforce our worldview. People talk about the social media bubble. I think that our confirmation bias is much, much stronger than the social media bubble that we live in, uh, that we don't like change generally, mm. that we seek facts that, that doesn't mean things will change that we only perceive threats in a certain way. We can't, we can't perceive certain threats. So we have a lot of biases. We have hundreds of biases. You almost get afraid when you look at how many biases we have that, that, that are different kinds of mental traps. But being aware of that we have them is, I think, one of the best tips uh, when, when you're trying to make good decisions, that we have these biases. And, and when you start to feel that your brain is making these conclusions, running into these biases, then you should take a step back and say, oh, I don't really know this. Mm. So it's all about developing this consciousness of our, of our thought in that way. Or of our... That's, one, that's not only about that, but that's one important thing, I think. Mm. Uh, to, it's, it's not only about facts being right or wrong, it's how we use them. And, and that comes down to how our brain is working. I can, I can take a, a good fact and make a wrong conclusion about it. Mm. I can take a fact and then my confirmation bias will make it fit into my worldview. Yes, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Is there a danger in fact, you know, think because 
we there's such a proliferation of them and with is there a danger in thinking that because we're using a fact we must be right yeah or because is. someone is using a fact there yeah, there must be right yeah it is yes. because a single fact as i said will is doesn't create knowledge a single fact will not illuminate the room with complete understanding it's one small piece of the puzzle you generally need more facts especially when you talk about economic trends or or, or social development or de demography you need more than one fact. One fact is not the whole story. You need to look at the trend. Mm. So finally, how do you know how many facts are enough facts? Ooh, that's a hard question. Never, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think you should always try to look for more facts. Yeah. I think you should never think that, oh, I don't need to know more. I think you should... Lifelong learning is so important today when the world is changing so fast. I think that you should always be curious and you should always challenge your own knowledge and say, oh, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm not. I will look it up. I think that's a so important lesson for us all. And, and I find myself every day thinking that I know something. And I say, no, I don't. I know that and that, but I don't know the thing in between. I have to look that up. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm not. I should look it up. Great. Thank you very much, Ulla. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts and it helps others find the show. Also, a quick reminder, this podcast isn't intended to provide expert advice on the topics we covered. If you need tax, accounting or legal advice, please consult a professional. I am Lauren Foster. Thanks so much for listening.